Hello, I'm the doctor. Hey Who fans and welcome to the Big Blue Box podcast. This is episode 15. Thank you very much for joining me. It's going to be a special one today. We've got uh, some exciting news which you might have seen on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, So let's get straight into it. So we're going to have some newsy bits for you as usual. Then we're going to get on to a review of Flatline from last Saturday. But before I do, before I get into the news and all that stuff, uh, I want to welcome somebody to the podcast that you've seen, or sorry, you've heard a couple of times before already, and it is Mr. Adam Charlton from The Geek's Handbag. Welcome, buddy. Hello there. Hello. Absolutely thrilled to be here. <laughs> again, I, I knew if I badgered you long enough, you'd, you'd give in and get me on again. <laughs> no, so, seriously, thrilled to be, to be part of it. Awesome. So Adam is now going to be uh, our uh, new permanent host, my co-host. Yes, and uh, it's been cool because a, a couple of times when you've been on the podcast before, I've got really, really good feedback from everybody. Oh, that's good. And everyone said, "Oh, it sounds really good with you two, uh, you know, two and inferring and the banter between you." And they've really enjoyed the the shows that we've done together. So I thought, you know, you've you've expressed uh, expressed interest in the past in setting up your own podcast. I really wanted a co-host for a while, so it kind of made sense. I must admit, I, I have, I've always wanted to be part of a podcast, and you're right, I did think um, a while back about starting one, but it's never got off the ground, but I listen to a lot of podcasts, especially a lot of Doctor Who ones, and uh, yeah, you know how you sort of nod along when you're listening, and, and I always <laughs> listen to your podcast, not just the ones I'm on, I, I listen to yours every time you put one out, and I always sort of find myself, you know, uh, sort of agreeing with you or not agreeing with you and sort of wanting to sort of join in, so now I'll be able to, so yeah, it's fantastic. So it's all good. Yeah. Oh, good. So uh, you're still very much going to be the geek's handbag guy. You're still going to be doing your uh, YouTube stuff and all that stuff. That's that's not going away. So everyone, no. you know, that's, that's all good. It's all good. But um, yeah, it's just we're going to team up, super super team, super combined forces for the podcast. So welcome, dude. It's awesome. Thank to you have very you. much. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Cool. Uh, right. So that's enough about us. Let's get straight into the news. Let's do it. First up, Cardiff is back in action. The Doctor yes. Who experience is back. And you've been there. You've you've been to it before they closed it, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I went to the uh, I went to the experience when it was um, still Matt Smith as the Doctor. Yeah. So this must have been about seven months ago, six seven months ago, something like that. I really want to go. I mean, I, I saw your little sort of set report on it, and obviously Peter Capaldi's done this new video intro and stuff, and. It looks brilliant. I mean, I, I, I'd love to go. I will have to go, I think. It's going to be a must now. Are you going to go back? Yeah. Oh, really? yeah. 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 I'm hoping to go, because I'm hoping to go to Wales Comic Con, which oh, right. is the end of November. Yeah. On I think it's a Saturday, the 28th or the 29th. And uh, it would be silly not to go while you're already in Wales. Oh, definitely. And it'd be good to actually hear... You know how it compares to what it was like before, being as you've you know seen it as it was, to see what they've actually done to it. Yeah, I think it's um, from what I understand, they've they've totally redone the first part of the tour, which is right. it's like this interactive adventure kind of thing where 
it, uh, well, I'm got, I can't comment on how it is now, but it, it was a case of you got into this first room or area and Matt Smith pops up on his, on his big screen and he takes you on this little adventure to get him released. Yeah. Um, I think it was the... Was he in the Pandorica? It sounds a little bit Something like the like thing that. they had at Olympia. They had a very similar thing to that where you he spoke to you on a screen and kind of talked you through. Yeah. Uh, I don't know whether it was the same. Um, but I remember yeah. there's a few bits you thought were a little bit, you know, needed tweaking, didn't it, when you went. So it'd be interesting to see if they've done anything like that. Yeah, it would be cool. And they, they've, mm. re, they've redone this whole um, intro section with Peter Capaldi now. Yeah, yeah, and, I saw some uh, pictures from it. It looks really good. Yeah, it's cool. If you go on to, I'll put a link in the show notes, but if you go on to um, the Doctor Who Experience website, there's a little video on there. And it's like a little uh, preview, which oh, you can go right. on and check out, which is quite cool. And you're going to the Comic Con as well? Uh, Wales Comic Con, yeah. Yeah, I, I've, I've, a lot of the guys I'm talking to are going to that because a lot of guys I know live down that way and they're really buzzing. There's a lot of good guests down there. There is. Peter Davison. Yes, the governor. Sylvester McCoy. Uh, is John Levine going to? I think John Levine's there. Is he really? Oh, Your I best so. mate. I re- <laughs> my new best mate. I really want you to meet him, actually. Um, yeah, and uh, you haven't met Peter or Syl before, have you? I haven't, no. I've, oh, um, good stuff. No, I've met Colin Baker. Um, and I almost met uh, Paul McGann. In fact, I bumped into him at a comi- um, not Comic Con, Collector Mania in Milton Keynes. Oh right! I actually bumped into him. Did which you is... get a picture or anything? No, no, because he was with somebody oh. else and he was on his way. But I, like, bumped into him. I was like, oh, Paul, Paul. Oh man, I didn't even know what to say. I was like, <laughs> no, you never do. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, yeah, so I, I really want to um, uh, meet Peter Davison as well. Yes, yeah, he's he's a, you know he's I, I've met him twice actually, and he was. Um, Apparently he's he's much more into the conventions a bit. He he dropped off a little bit for a while apparently, um, but yeah, he's a good one to me. And Colin, Colin's cool. Colin, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's he's um he's he was quite not weird, but he was quite different to the other guests that I'd met before. Um, oh yeah, I forgot you'd already met him. Yeah, yeah. So he was it was kind of weird because a couple of the people who were in front of me in the queue, uh, he was totally fine with them like having mm. a bit of a laugh and stuff. And then the person directly in front of me, it was really grumpy with them. I was, I was like, really? what, what has this person done? You know, they didn't say anything like untoward. It wasn't, you know, they didn't Because sometimes guests at these uh, conventions, they can be, get a bit twitchy if you fire them a question that they're not quite yeah. comfortable with. Yeah. But this person in front didn't really do anything. It was just, you know, they, he got a bit grumpy with them. And then when he got to me, thankfully he seemed okay, but I yeah. think Colin can be quite, yeah, he's a bit like his doctor. He can be, I think sometimes his humour as well is quite cutting. And so sometimes it comes across a bit sort of harsh. Because, <laughs> you know, the first time I met him, he was really jolly and everything. Second time I met him, I said, oh, I've met you before. And he made sort of quite a sharp comeback. He said, oh, well, of course I remember you. know, he's quite sarcastic. And I took it the wrong way. I thought, oh, it's a bit rude. And I think sometimes Colin's just a bit brash, but I don't think he necessarily means to be rude. I think it's just, you know, you sort of have to know how to take him. <laughs> and he's a force to be reckoned with, you know. Sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's a cool guy, though. Oh, he's de- yeah, he is. He is a very cool guy. I um, I, I met him at this this thing on Sunday that we're going to talk about, and he, uh, I think I, I worried him a little bit because he doesn't live that far from me. And uh, I, was, <laughs> I think he thought I was a stalker because we started talking about sort of all the stuff around here and, you know, it got a bit uh, stalker territory <laughs> without meaning to. So I think I've scared him off. I think if he sees me again, he probably will be grumpy. <laughs> that could be another new Bezzy mate for you. Yeah, another Bezzy mate. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so Wales Comic Con, that, that looks very cool. I'm going to hopefully get to yeah. that one. And I'll hopefully go to the experience on the same weekend. So that'd be cool. 
Get lots of pictures. Yeah, and you can book tickets already for it. I don't think it opens until Friday this week. Have you booked your ticket? Uh, I haven't booked it yet. Oh, right, okay. No, it reopens on the 24th, which is Friday. Only because I know a couple of people were having trouble with it, but I think that was like literally when it first... And that, you know they first went on sale because obviously they announced it all, and then it went on sale about two weeks after, didn't it? That's and correct. I think there yeah. was a bit of problem with the tickets, but they've probably sorted it now. Okay, yeah. So I will book beforehand because I think it'll be quite busy now. Because oh yeah. yeah. Uh, so October twenty fourth, Friday, and you can go online uh, and book your tickets right now for the Doctor Who experience. Uh, next bit of news: I hate news like this. This is always sad. Cause I did this on the last podcast. It seems to be that every every couple of months that go by there's like you know someone's passed away that was involved in doctor who and uh yeah so really sad linda bellingham um uh, who was the uh the inquisitor uh, in the colin baker trial of a time lord uh she's sadly passed away i think she was in the public eye quite a lot over the last year or so yeah i think she was quite vocal about uh, her diagnosis with cancer and her treatment and and that kind of stuff and uh, it, it, to me this is even more sad for me because i'm I'm not sure if I heard an interview with her or if I read it somewhere, um, but she did say that she wanted to stop her treatment, um, that's right. and she was hoping to um, at least see out Christmas with the family. Yeah, that's what I read as well. Yeah, so yeah. that's quite sad that that didn't come around for her. But um, you know, she's she's quite. I, I thought she's a really brave woman. She was really uh, open about you know everything to do with her treatment and stuff like yeah. that. Uh, so that's really sad. But her character in um, uh, trial of a time lord she was really good yes really yeah. firm stern she didn't take any messing from from the doctor she, she was really really good yeah she was and she's done the the big finish uh, audio as well they did a a follow-up to the trial of time lord um that's right it was which uh, is which she's she's actually on that as well and again really good on it um she i mean she comes across she came across as a really really nice lady and you know she did quite a lot of tv work you know and like you said she really put herself out there since she got the cancer to sort of turn it into sort of as much as a positive thing as she could to sort of spread the word. Um, and, you know, I always think of her as being in All Creatures Great and Small as well because I sort of grew up watching that. Of course, you know? yeah. And, yeah. And I'm a big Blake Seven fan and she was in an episode of that as well. So, yeah, it's really, really, really sad um, that, you know, like you said, that she she couldn't make it to Christmas as well, uh, especially as that's why she decided to, to give up the chemo apparently. But Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but yeah. Anyway, good, uh, good, good memories though. From yes. from that uh, uh, she's story, she's left a lot of good good stuff, you know, good legacy behind her. Exactly, very good. Uh, moving on to uh, something a bit more current with BBC, uh, they're releasing a new a new uh, game uh, online on their website. Uh, they should have released it today, uh, and it's a, a game called The Doctor and the Dalek. Oh, right. uh, I don't know if you've seen any news on this. This is kind of a different no. concept because um, the BBC website for sorry the Doctor Who website that the BBC obviously run and and they take, they do all the content for that themselves. Uh, over the years, they've done these like little web games um, for kids to go on and and have a mess around, and they're doing the same one which is um, I'm sure is released today the twenty second, and um, they've taken a slightly different approach to how you. Uh, go through the game instead of just having like a uh, some controls on your keyboard and you just go around zapping stuff and with your sonic screwdriver or solving puzzles they're actually trying to teach kids how to code oh right how to do coding for like uh, websites or you know 
more sort of it's just really basic coding essentially yeah and uh it's called the doctrine of dalek because you take um you take control of a dalek in in the game and it's apparently it's a good a good dalek <laughs> oh, right. um, which is kind of an interesting spin and the only way That's that you can mend it. <laughs> yeah the only way that you can get you know throughout the game is by uh taking on these little uh coding challenges which is like really easy for kids yeah. and so it's aimed at six to 12 year olds because i'm terrible at games these are about the only games i can ever do <laughs> <laughs> this perfect if you want to learn some coding as well yes dive in yeah <laughs> um so just a quick uh, uh synopsis for this so uh it's players join the action as a tardis materializes amidst a deadly pursuit through space a dalek saucer bearing down on a cyber ship uh, but from that cyber ship uh, emanates a distress call from a Dalek. So on freeing the battered Dalek from the Cybermen captors, the Doctor finds himself taking his new unlikely ally on a mission to save all of creation from destruction at the hands of his greatest enemies. Right. Sounds pretty good, actually. It does. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I gotta say, I, mean, I get lost with these games because the BBC have announced quite a few of these free game bites recently. Um, so I, I've sort of lost track of what's what, which is why I didn't really know about this one. So where, where can you get it then? Is it like a, an, an app you can download? Or uh, no, it's on the um, it's on the the BBC website. Oh, okay. Yep. So um, I'll put a link to this as well uh, in the show notes. But if you want to just go ahead and do a search, if you just do BBC uh, Doctor Who game Doctor and Dalek, or if you do the Doctor and the Dalek game online, whatever any of that stuff in Google, you should find it. And uh, yeah, it's um, it it looks it's it's a really good idea. When I just read that, actually, I thought, wow, that sounds like a really good story. Yeah. Uh, so that should be quite cool. Um, and I can see loads of adults going on and doing this one as well. I know I will be. I certainly will be. Yeah, it sounds really cool. And uh, and apparently the it's it's a Capaldi uh, story, obviously. Yeah. And I like how they how he opens up on this. So his his opening line is, "Oi, short and not very old one." I need your help. I've got a Dalek and we've got a mission to save the universe. So get on over to the CBBC website and play The Doctor and the Dalek and there's still a while there's still a universe left. Come on, chop, chop. Make it, very, yeah, very cool. Very cool. Yeah. So let us know how you got on with that, guys. If you want to jump on there and have, or if you've already been on there today and had a look, uh, give us a tweet or a Facebook. Let us know what it's like and we will do the same. And we'll try and beat your score. Sure. <laughs> Which we probably will. I, well, you might. Well. I doubt I will. <laughs> I'm, the worst, I'm the worst at games. I remember buying the Dot 2 game for the Wii, um, and uh, I think I played it about twice. My partner <laughs> still moans about that, because I more or less bought the Wii just because it had a Dot 2 game. And it had a Sonic um, c- controller as well. No way. So I, I bought it pretty much just for that. Yeah, I played it about twice, couldn't get past first level, and <laughs> gave up. How so I'm not, I... I'm not the best at games. Holy crap, how did I not know about this game? Oh um, well, this is well. It's a couple of years back now, actually. Okay. The best thing about it was you got the the actual Wii controller was a a Sonic, and it's, it was quite a good little sort of replica of it. So yeah, it was quite cool. But yeah, I was no good at it. Oh, sounds awesome. Yeah, I'll send you. I'll, I'll dig out the Sonic. I'll, I'll send you a picture. Cool. You can put it on the website. <laughs> I could probably pick one up <laughs> on, on eBay Facebook. for like a. Yeah, tenner. you probably can. Yeah, <laughs> in fact, I'll sell you mine. <laughs> You're saying? <laughs> cool, cool. Right. Last bit of news, buddy. Yeah. I'm going to hand over to you. Take it away. Oh, yes. Well, yeah, this, this weekend. In fact, I, 
you know, you, you, you were going to go, but unfortunately you couldn't. I went to the London Film and Comic Con, uh, it was Court 2 in London, and um, it's the first time I've been to one of these for quite a while. Last one I went to was in Milton Keynes, and I, I didn't have such a good day. I think you've been to a couple yeah. in Milton Keynes since, is that right? Yeah, the Collector Mania. Collector Mania, yeah, that's, that's it. it. They're pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I know you enjoyed the last couple. The last one I went to, it was a couple of years ago, and it was in the stadium, and it was a really rough day, and all the sort of celebs are in these gazebo things being blown about to blitz, you know, and, and everyone was grumpy. Colin was there, and uh, he was actually in a, a reasonable mood that day, but uh, I met Alex Kingston, who was in a foul mood that day, and just the, the general atmosphere of it wasn't very good, and there was a lot of sort of... Um, no photos, no dedications and all this. It seemed to be very strict to me and I didn't really enjoy the day. So I haven't been to one for a while, <clears throat> excuse me, but I went to this one and, I, and it could not be a more opposite experience. I had an absolutely brilliant day oh, cool. and um, I, I met Colin again, as I said, managed to scare him off by convincing him I was a stalker. <laughs> um, I met um, Fraser Hines, who was absolutely brilliant. Uh, Terry Malloy, uh, met him for the first time. He's a lovely man, actually, Davros. Um, Terry and Malloy. Oh, right, yeah. Terry yeah. Malloy, yeah. He was Davros in the sort of later uh, Peter Davison era. Right. And he's done a lot of the big Finnish audience as well. Yeah. He was really good fun, actually, first time I met him. It's funny how you judge people by their face as well, because he does look sort of, not grumpy, but he's one of these guys that's got a slightly <laughs> serious face, and yet he lit up, you know, he was really sort of jolly. This actually reminds me of the one, well, twice I've seen Peter Capaldi before I met him, before he was announced as the Doctor. And once he was in Costa, I didn't want to disturb him, but I wanted to get a picture of him because he was in Torchwood, Children of Earth. Right. And then the second time was about a month later because he was in a play. And he came walking towards me, but again, because he's got that really angry face, and this is ooh, probably a good year or so before he was announced Doctor, I didn't approach him. I thought, oh, no, he looks really angry. Had I known how nice he was, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I would have gone up to him. So never be put off by a grumpy face ladies and gentlemen, because um, sometimes these people are really nice. But anyway, yeah, the highlight of the day was meeting Sergeant Benton himself, John Levine, who I've never met before, I've heard a lot about this guy, and uh, he certainly lived up to his reputation. Well, hello to the Big Blue Box podcast. This is a live recording from one of the most wonderful actors in Doctor Who. My name is Richard Franklin. No, no. No, I'm John Levine. I played Sergeant Benton, and I want to tell you all that this young man, Adam, is going to be a great benefit to your podcast, because if this is the first one he's got, imagine where he's going to go from there. <laughs> and one thing you need to remember above all, ladies and gentlemen, is that nothing succeeds like a budgery gar with no teeth. Goodbye, and thank you very much indeed. <laughs> Absolute legend. How awesome I, is that? <laughs> he was just brilliant. He was so generous with his time. And I've, and I've never known anybody at these signings to be, he was up out of his seat every two minutes, like everyone in the queue, he was up having photos and telling stories. He likes to tell jokes, and some of them are a bit blue, it has to be said, and because uh, his language could really switch, um, you know. But, yeah, he was just an incredible guy to me, and, and I could have spent, I would have liked to have spent, like, the whole afternoon with him because he was fascinating. He loves to tell tales. I mean, he loves, you know, he will talk to you for ages, and there was a woman behind me, the queue was getting a bit cross. When I asked him to record that, he was delighted. You know, I was a bit nervous to ask him, but because he sort of had already sort of come out and had photos and I thought, well, what's the worst that can happen? And he was delighted. He's like, yes, what do you want? You know, his eyes, oh, yeah, what would you like me to say? I love doing this. And the woman behind me in the queue was getting a bit cross because she, you know, wanted to get a thing signed. And he more or less told her to, 
you know, go away. He said, you know, I'm doing this. And, you know, amazing guy. I loved him. I've heard a lot of things about him. I know he's, he's sort of got a bit of a reputation for being outspoken, um, quite eccentric, I suppose. Uh, but he is larger than life. And whether it's an act or what, I don't know. And I don't really care because, you know, he made my day, Whether you know, that day. It was just brilliant. And really, really kind of him to do that. Yeah, he sounds like a really fun, just eccentric kind of guy. And Yeah, he just seems to love interacting with people. And he clearly loves the fact that, you know, what, what he gets from it. I mean, I, I was saying to you about that documentary, Living with Levine. And ever since I've watched that, I've really, really wanted to meet him. Um, and this is the first time I've met him. And, uh, yeah, he clearly just enjoys interacting with people. I mean, there's a, there's a bit on that documentary where he, he's just walking around where he lives in Salisbury and he goes up to these poor four-old ladies and sort of, you know, forces himself to sort of um, talk to them. You know, they they sort of don't know who he is or anything, and it's a little bit awkward. And he's sort of saying, "Do you remember me as Benton?" And this sort of, and they're saying, "Oh no, but we we like the new Doctor Who though, and all this sort of thing." Oh. And it's, it's really sort of cringy, you know, and you sort of almost feel a bit sorry for him. But but a, a fantastic guy, absolutely brilliant. I I really really enjoyed meeting him. You know, it's it's an experience I never forget. As I say, I know people say he's over the top, but. For me, he made the day. He made a real effort with everybody that, that I saw him talking to. Yeah, he does sound really cool. And yeah, at some point on a future podcast or another episode, I'm not sure if we ever do a, a gag reel or something like that, I might include... Uh, because what you were talking about, the girl behind you, um, I've actually... You, you sent me the full clip with him yeah. you know, referencing that poor girl behind you. And it was really funny, but not yeah. so much for her, but you know as an outsider listening on it was his reaction was quite funny so i might include that at some point but yeah I, okay i guess so yeah because i i did i couldn't cut it out but um i don't <laughs> i mean i wasn't sort of secretly recording him i'd started because he was about to and then he obviously saw that she was getting cross so <laughs> he then sort of said to her do you want to just go away you know yeah. <laughs> he a bit, sort of more or less told her where to go so but yeah maybe we'll save that for the christmas outtakes yeah christmas yeah we'll do um yeah we'll do a gag reel or something and, a gag reel, yeah, yeah cool. but, but brilliant guy and um yeah just finally nicola bryant was the other person i met who was really nice um Again, I've met her once before, many, many, many years ago at a convention at Panopticon in London, and she hobbled in on a stick. I remember she was really, she, you know, she'd really sort of been through the wars, um, and she wasn't particularly friendly, but I think that was because she was off, you know, obviously not very well, but she was so charming when I met her on Sunday. I mean, I had a really nice chat with her, and we were talking about the big Finnish stuff and everything. Yeah, lovely lady, really, really nice. Nicola Bryant, she was good in Caves. Oh, brilliant, yes. Yeah. Actually, I think, to be fair, I think that's my favourite story with her because she does get a little bit whiny towards the sort of end of the Colin Baker <laughs> era, but I think that's more down to the script. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, but yeah, it was good. But So all in all, a really sort of enjoyable um, experience that this sounds Sunday. Awesome. And I, I really want to go again now, I tell you. I, sort, I come out of there buzzing, you know, it's, it's really buzzing to sort of uh, to do it all again. It's brilliant. That sounds awesome. Um, there is going to be another uh, Collector Mania in Milton Keynes next month. Yeah. So maybe we should organise a meet-up there. I did have a look at it, actually, but uh, there wasn't many... Because uh, normally there's a lot more guests announced, because um, it's not that far away, is it? And there wasn't that many guests on it. I, I don't know, I need to have another look. But there wasn't anyone sort of that jumped out at me. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I would definitely be up for, for a meet-up, definitely. MK, Collectomania. But so, I want William Russell. He was there last time, and that's I really want to meet William Russell. And uh, I've yet to meet him, but he was at the last MK. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So that was London Film and Comic Con. 
That's it. Cool. So we're going to move on to our review. Oh, this right, was, yeah. This was a good one. This is a good one. Right, Flatline. So this one was creepy. Yes, it was. Just brilliant. And I'm glad you picked that clip, actually, because I, I love that particular scene, like when the handle went flat mm-hmm. and the sofa crumpled. I thought it was brilliantly done. Really, really good. Yeah. This was the first, uh, the first episode uh, this season where my seven-year-old told me to turn it off. What, because it was too scary? Because it was scary, yeah. Not because it was awful. No, 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 no way. <laughs> no, he, was, no. <laughs> he was really, really enjoying it. And yeah. um, it got to the point where, uh, a bit later on in the episode, where they learn how to become their transition from 2D to 3D and they're coming out the ground. Oh, yes. Yeah, that, that, was, that was a brilliant scene, that. Awesome, but it was too much for him. It was like... Oh, I, I can understand that. <laughs> well, it was one half of me was like, oh, you know, it's a shame that he's going to... He's going to miss his bit. Maybe we can watch it tomorrow when it's daylight and he's not so scared. And then the other half of me was like, yes, this is what Doctor Who should be. This is exactly what it should be. Spot on. Actually, I'll tell you the bit that really, really made me jump. And it was even in the trailer, so I should have been expecting it. But the bit where the hand grabbed that bloke and then pulled him back. Yeah, yeah. That that made me jump out my skin. And as I say, it was even in the trailer, so I should have known it was coming. But that was really like, whoa. Yeah, that was cool. There was, but yeah, that that other scene you just mentioned, where they they rise up from the rail track and just after the train's been flattened against the wall, that's a really iconic scene. I thought I just loved the way they rose up and the effect of it. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, it was a very cool one. Yeah. So written by Jamie Matheson. Mm-hmm. One uh, to watch, I reckon. Yeah. Uh, director Douglas uh, Douglas McKinnon. Has he directed any before now? Um, he has done. Um, I think he's done another. No, it's his first one. Is it? I only asked because I wrote his name down earlier and I meant to check. Because I, I thought the direction was really good. And I meant to have a look to see if he had directed any of the others in Series 8 and I didn't, I didn't do it. No, he so has. So I just wondered. He has. He yeah. has. Sorry, yeah. No, I was thinking of somebody else. No, he has. He's um, uh, 2008, The Centauran Stratagem. Oh, Poison right. Sky. Oh, gosh. Right back to there. Yeah. And then he did The Power of Three. An episode I like that not everybody does. <laughs> Oh, with the little black cubes, wasn't it? Yeah, although it, although the the actual payoff on that episode was weak, I actually quite quite like that episode. But, then, uh, but yeah, he came back to uh, direct Cold War. Oh right, okay, yeah, yeah with the ice. So he's actually done quite a bit. Oh right, <laughs> yeah. Has he done any Gary? Nope. <laughs> well, I know, but it's just one of those names that when I when I wrote it down earlier, it didn't. You know, like just like you just did, it didn't sort of ring any bells, or maybe it should have, because he's obviously done done a few. But I, I thought the direction was excellent in this. Really it was good. really well, really well mm. done, and it had a kind of um, it, ha- it had a kind of rawness to it. You know, it didn't really rely too much on because I think uh, one thing that we've seen plenty of in this uh, season. Oh. <laughs> first, first time this this pod. Do you know what? I'm going to do it every single 
episode. <laughs> Bloody hell. I think of you every time I hear it, every time I hear it on a podcast, whether it be your one or someone else's, I always think of you putting a pound in the jar. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, so one of the things that we've seen so far this series, uh, we've seen very typical uh, running through tunnels mm-hmm. and corridors and things that yeah. are very... Uh, you you can tell that everything is a set and it's just like the same corridors have been redressed and all that kind of stuff. Whereas this one was very urban and it was uh, had a kind of rawness to it and it really added to the atmosphere. It did. And it's yeah. one of those episodes I think would have been quite easy to have got stuff like that wrong. I mean, it, it you know, when you think about all the elements are in it, it would have been quite easy for the story to not look as good as it did. Uh, you know, I, I think it did a very good job. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. And I, I, I liked the, it, it just felt like it wasn't so claustrophobic and contained like some of the other ones have been. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was really cool. So, um, right, let's drill down on a story first before we talk about the Doctor and Clara and so on. Okay. Uh, as a story, uh, what did you think overall? I, I actually thought it was a really good story. Um, I, I really liked the concept behind it. The only th- slight niggle I have with it and they may come back to this is that we didn't really know why the boneless were doing what they were doing so we didn't really know why they were invading or uh, analyzing what they said to people that and you know the doctor even mentions that so they kind of brought that to your attention you know, they weren't sort of trying to shy away from it right so that's the only thing that niggled me is you know but apart from that I thought it was a really strong episode with a really good concept cool I, I, I echo those thoughts mainly uh, I thought it was a really good, st- and I like it was it was different for me. It was something yes. that we haven't seen. Well, to my knowledge, we haven't seen at all in Doctor Who. And no, it was fresh. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was a fresh idea. Yeah, that's why it was something completely different. And it, it's okay to with with every series that we have. You know, it's it's perfectly fine to revisit like the same very popular uh, monsters, if you like. Yeah, you know, it's really cool to have like Daleks in there and Cybermen, all the rest of it. But you know, when you have this, it's almost like um, like a like a feature of the week, like creature feature kind of creature feature. Do you know what I mean? It's got <laughs> that vibe about it where we're probably yeah. not going to see these again. Uh, it's very doubtful we're going to see this particular. No, I, that's, that's that's the thing. I I don't think. Yeah, I mean, they are the sort of enemy that that probably unless they do take it to the next level, like I said, you know, we don't know why they would sort of invade him. But, yeah, I mean, it works ever so well as a one-off. But I don't know, with them returning, it, it's a bit like Blink, isn't it? It, doesn't, it wouldn't have that same edge to it. Yeah. So, so yeah. I don't, yeah, they, I don't know if they should return to it. I mean, before the episode aired, a lot of people were saying, you know, is it going to sort of be a bit of another uh, fear here because it was, you know, drawings coming to life. And that's the only thing, you know, that I could think of with a comparison. But this was a million miles away from that episode apart, apart from the fact it was drawings coming to life yeah you know, no Ridge, yeah it was um uh, yeah when just to pick up on what you said there about not using them again they're kind of mm. uh not i'm not saying they're not popular because they were obviously they've gone down very well i think the ratings have been really good on this episode oh uh, good but i found that it was you know when russell t davis brought back um uh doctor who in 2005 yeah uh the first monster that they used there was the Autons. Uh, the Autons. And they, they weren't around too much in Classic Who, were they? No, no. They were only, only in two. Is it Spearhead from Space? And Terror of the Autons. So, obviously, yeah. So they haven't had any... They didn't really have a long run, but they, you know, they brought... That was like... 
I, I'm imagining back then they were expecting Doctor Who to come back with the Daleks. Oh, or yeah. Or something right. like that, you know. So yeah. to come back with a quite a lesser known uh, monster, it's very cool. So you, we never know. Maybe in twenty in 2025 when we're on, you know, <laughs> series 20-odd, 30-odd, whatever. Yeah. They might bring back the boneless. The boneless. You never and know. And I like that I like that name as well. And it, I didn't catch it the first time when the Doctor says it because, um, you know, you had to really hear it because obviously it was his big speech and the music was really loud and stuff. So I didn't even hear their name to begin with. Um, but I, I like that, bone, the boneless. I think that's quite cool. It sounds creepy, you know. It does sound creepy. and it's, Yeah, and it suits them. Yeah, and I think it also added to the, like I said earlier, it really added to that fear factor for the little ones. Yeah. And this is going to sound incredibly mean, and I really don't mean to come across this way, but I love the fact that it scared the crap out of the kids. <laughs> I, I love that because yeah. if you speak to anybody who grew up with Doctor Who from the classic years, that's one of the things that made them... Because it, it, sometimes it's cool to to indulge in something that scares you. You know, you've got that, you know, that intrigue and you really want to see it, but you know that you're not going to like it. And that's what makes Doctor Who so good at times with episodes like this where you've got adults glued to this, you know, glued to it to see what's coming next. And you've got the yeah. kids hiding behind a cushion. It's so good. So I'm, I'm yeah. glad that the kids are crapping themselves. And I think when you're that age, you, you like to be scared. And the yeah, good thing about yeah. Doctor Who is you know that he's going to save you. Do you know what I mean? Although it, you've always got that, you're never 100% sure because it's, you know, it's top two. But, but that's the thing. You, you like that element to be scared enough but still have that slight safety net that the Doctor is there. You know, uh, it's a good mixture. There's yeah. not many programs where you get that dynamic done so well, I don't think. That's why Doctor Who's so good. Yeah, well, it is, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, although the entire world moans about it on Twitter and stuff, it's, it's why yeah, it's so I, good. I was going to say, I, I, most of the sort of comments I've seen for this series have been quite positive, but I know sometimes you put on Facebook and Twitter about the moaners and stuff. I, I obviously don't go on the same forums <laughs> as you, but has, has there been quite a mixed reaction to this so far? Um, not so much this this series. Do you know, oh, right. the most of the most of the 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 negative comments and stuff has been directed at Stephen Moffat, to be honest. Really? Yeah. Uh, everyone's just crying out for a new showrunner, you know, especially... But who epi- would take over? I mean, so, someone's asked me this uh, just in the last few days. You know, I mean, who would take over from Stephen Moffat? I, I think he's done a fantastic job in this in this Series 8 so far, touch wood. I am slightly worried about what the Missy payoff's going to be, but but who, who hmm. would take over from Moffat? I mean, seriously, who would do as good a job as he's doing at the moment? Well, I heard there was there was some rumblings of that um, Mark Mark Gattis was going to be yeah yeah uh, a, a forerunner for that. I'm not sure what how much truth there is in that, but well, he often gets thrown into the mix, doesn't he? But I I don't know. He would it, judging it on sort of adventure and space of time, he would be good. But judging it on his actual episodes, I don't think his episodes are the strongest at all. Um, interestingly enough, actually, Gareth Roberts has been thrown in the mix. Yes, as, I saw of, that. as of yesterday, because yep. he suddenly mysteriously dropped out of writing the City of Death novelization, and people are saying, "Well, this is very strange. Why would he drop that?" And then, of course, you know, the obvious thing is, "Oh, well, he hasn't got time to do it because he's <laughs> obviously been offered something big." And yeah, so you know, there's this rumor that he might be the new showrunner, and I'm not sure how I feel about that because I really like Gareth Roberts and I I like his stories, but they're always the sort of lighter. 
you know, you'd probably go back to a bit more of the Russell T. Davis here. I think the sort of much lighter feel of the show if he was showrunner. But yeah, do you think that Russell T. Davis would ever come back? I I can't see it, and I'd like him to come back and do the odd story actually, but but at the moment I can't see it. And I've heard a couple of sort of interviews with him. Uh, Toby Haydoke did a great podcast with him um, oh, a couple of months awesome. back. Yeah. yeah, absolutely brilliant. But I, I got the impression from the way he spoke and stuff that he, he's kind of pleased with what he did, but I don't think he's ready to go back to it. I, I think, yeah, I, I think he's going to come back at some point. Not as a showrunner, certainly not. But yeah. I th- don't think we've we've seen uh, the last RTD episode. I hope not. I'd love to see him come back. Yeah, that'd be to, cool. to do like one or two. I wouldn't want him to be showrunner again, but but I I I got a lot of respect for Russell T Davis. Yeah, um, I'd I'd love to see him come back and do a couple of episodes. I tell you what, I'm not sure if I'd want that job. No, well, this Blimey. is the thing. No, I mean you've got it. You've got to have a strong backbone if you're going to be Doctor Who's showrunner, haven't you? Oh you man, know? the the flack that Stephen Moffat's got. He must have sleepless sleepless nights. I mean, although I don't know, he came off Twitter. I mean, maybe he's. I don't know how you can separate, you know, separate yourself from it because he does the the thing in, in Doc Two magazine where he answers questions each week, and it must be really quite draining. I, again, I, I wouldn't want the job. No, it'd I couldn't be, deal with the stress levels. Yeah, it'd be nice to be, it'd be nice to be a writer on the show, you know, and do like an episode or two, and then just hand it back. But like, yeah, that was crazy. There you go. <laughs> well, I, I'm interested in J- Jamie Matheson, the writer of um, Flatline and Mummy on the Express on the Doctor Extra was saying he, t- he actually pitched four ideas to Stephen Moffat and obviously they chose two of them. Right. So I'm really looking, on the strength of his two episodes, which I think have both been excellent, mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to, well, I'm really hoping he's going to come back and do some more and I'm you know, intrigued to see what his other two pitches were. You know. I second that. The Mummy on yes. the Express was was really, really good. Oh, I loved it. Actually, yeah. I was going to ask you, did, you, did the Mummy, because you're saying about your kid... It's the first time he's really been scared. But did the mummy not scare him? Because I thought that was, I thought it was terrifying. Yeah, that was quite. I mean, but he was not phased by it. Kids, uh, are, kids are so. <laughs> <laughs> he was a little bit. He was. Um, yeah. He was. Yeah. He was a little bit phased by that. But we've done. The thing is, he's he's done the whole Egyptian uh, thing at school, and mm. you know, he's not. Yeah, I mean, it was quite. Again, that was quite creepy. But maybe it's something. Maybe mummies are very mainstream yeah yeah <laughs> in terms of, you know yeah seen it yeah yeah but these uh these bonus dudes they were they were very creepy oh i'll tell you what was a credit to to jamie matheson actually in in terms of the writing um was that obviously we knew this was going to be a fairly doctor light episode because of you know they have to do one because of the filming schedule is what we're told so we expected the doctor not to be in it that much but actually he his presence was there a lot obviously i i'm assuming peter filmed all his scenes of the TARDIS or whatever in, you know, in a limited time. But the actual writing with the Clara sort of taking the lead could really have, you know, could have been a, not as anywhere near as good as it was because not only did she sort of become the main character in that story, they actually made a point. Um, you know, like the Doctor saw himself in Clara and she started to pick up his bad habits. So they didn't just sort of, it wasn't lazy writing. She didn't just sort of save the day and, you know, be a hero they actually you know the writing that was really clever in the fact that they did more with it i don't know if i'm getting that across well but yeah but yeah. it was really good how the doctor sort of saw himself in clara that's what i'm trying to say 
and and he you know they they made more of it than just having them switch roles for a week and the Doctor being trapped in the TARDIS. You know there was so much more to the story, and I I thought you know that was a real credit to Jamie Matheson the way he did that because no, it could have been yeah. could have been done. You know they could have done that same story, but it not been half as sort of detailed as it was sort of thing. No, I agree. They could have they could have very easily just been very lazy. Yeah, it could have just yeah. been, you know, Clara sort of the main lead, Doctor stuck in the TARDIS, you know, thrown in the odd line. But, you know, they did a lot more with it, you know, the the fact that he's, you know, picked up that she's, she, you know, because she's very blasé to a lot of stuff now, you know. she's And he, the Doctor's starting to realise that, isn't he, that she's not sort of phased by things that perhaps she should be. And he's starting to see his effect on her. And, you know, they, they utilise that quite a lot in this episode, having the sort of role reversal. I thought that was clever. I thought I thought that was really good. No, that was that. That was um, that was one of those things that made me realise that Clara's actually been a real prominent character in in, in this series so far. Yeah. Much more than much more than your your average companion would take on and do. Much more. Yeah. A lot of people are saying a bit too much. I I think I, I'm I'm comfortable with it. I, there's not it's not ever stepped the mark for me. But I can understand why some people are saying she's a bit too much to the fore of the show. You know, a lot of people are saying it's the Clara show, not the Doctor Who. And I think that's exaggerated. I, I think she's definitely sort of much more prominent. But it hasn't hasn't really overstepped the mark for me. I don't know. I don't know about you. I still um, think the Doctor's the focus. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I, I I think she hasn't she hasn't gone too far, or, or she hasn't been written in too far that you would you would stop and think, oh. There's, She's a bit, she's a bit handy this series, um, <laughs> yeah. but I think there is a danger that it could be. So, so yeah. they they might want to because uh, they there are some. There has been a couple of episodes where she has taken taken a foot off the gas, like uh, the robot of Sherwood. Mm. She wasn't quite as instrumental in making sure that you know everything went smoothly. She was more of a. She was like comic relief, really. She didn't, yeah. you know what I mean. She didn't. She wasn't not like this episode where. If it wasn't for Clara, then everything would have would have turned to, to crap. So there have been episodes where she's been in it quite a bit, but she hasn't had as much responsibility, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but I think yeah, there could there could be a danger that she might come across that way if they if they continue to make her like the savior, you know, of each episode. Oh, I don't think yeah. I mean, I I don't think I'd want this to happen very often. I mean, I. You know, I, I'm, I'm liking Clara a lot in this series. I I'm, I'm, wasn't her biggest fan, as you know, before. Mm-hmm. But I think she's re- she's been very strong in this series, apart from Robot Sherwood. Um, but, I, I yeah, I, and, and this is an episode where I think if, she, if it hadn't been written well, I think she could have been quite irritating and I would have lost interest with mm-hmm. her being so prominent in the episode. But it was written so well and she played it so well that it, it, the episode really worked. And, and as I say, the Doctor still featured enough you know, to to keep it interesting, and and again, this is a credit to Peter Capaldi. Even when he was only having one or two lines in the in the, in the TARDIS, <laughs> he's still just such a presence on screen. Um, he's fast becoming one of my all-time favourite Doctors, even after nine episodes. I'm I'm just loving him as the Doctor. Let's yeah, let's talk about let's talk about Capaldi. Yeah, do you know what? I I was probably about to say the same the same thing as you. Even though his screen time wasn't as much in this one, he's still just awesome. Yeah, every just scene. Brilliant. Yeah, every scene that he's in is. I cannot. I cannot look away. 
you know, it's just like previous episodes, like previous doctors, you know, sometimes when you're not really engaged in a story, sometimes it doesn't, that's not the be all and end all. You know, there have been previous uh, Doctor Who episodes where the story hasn't been amazing, but the performances have been really good. And that's kind of, you know, evened it out a bit for me. Whereas Capaldi, that's absolutely the case. You know, even some of the, uh, well, I think this series has been very strong so far, but even a I couple do. of the not weaker ones, but not not as popular ones, uh, I guess. Even those ones, I've still been glued to it because of Capaldi. Yeah, because, you I know? mean, Ro- Robot Sherwood um, is probably, I mean, it's an enjoyable enough episode, but it's probably ranking one of my least favourite of the series so far. But even in that episode, he was fantastic in it. I mean, I, the scenes at the start where he's, like, taking samples and just throwing in little quippy lines... I absolutely loved. I, I mean, he, he's just a really magnanimous doctor. And mm-hmm. I love the fact that he tinkers around in the TARDIS and makes stuff. You know, like in this episode, he made that, what was it, the two-disc? Two-disc? The two-disc. The two-disc, yeah. yeah, the two-disc, yeah. He made that, and, you know, I love the fact this doctor, and he had those crazy eye goggle things on. And I love the fact this doctor tinkers and makes things, and he's, he's really interested in discovering stuff. And, you know, there's a lot of depth to this doctor already. And, yeah, I... I just can't get enough of him, actually. I am loving Saturday evenings. I mean, I really look forward to them now. You know, well, I always did, you know, whenever Doctor Who's on, I always look forward to watching it before. But I've never, well, not, not for a long time, I haven't had this buzz that I've got now. Like, I really look forward to seeing Doctor Who at the weekend, you know. It's not, it's not even a case of, oh, well, I'll watch it on catch-up. I, I, I really look forward to watching it, you know, at 8.30 or whatever when it's on, you know. Yeah. And uh, I haven't, you know, I've, I've had that buzz, but not as strong as it's been for this series. In fact, actually, I was just going to say, talking to the time, because you were saying about the ratings, what, what do you feel about it being on so late? Um, being on so late, I mean, I, I don't really have a problem with it, personally. Mm, um, I'd, I'd like it to be on a bit earlier. I, I just find 8.30 a bit, because by the time it finishes, it feels like the night's over i don't know for me seven thirty, eight o'clock is a good time Eight thirty for me is a bit late but if it's if it's helping the viewing figures and uh i think they have gone up slightly the last couple of episodes then then i'm all for it yeah one it's trick it's that bloody strictly strictly yeah come i know dancing. yeah yeah um <laughs> but yeah it's it's interesting because a lot of the uh viewing figures um have been since this series has started um, a lot of the viewing figures have actually been made up on the second and third nights. Oh, right. So okay. the initial overnight figures have been, they've been good, but they've been quite low in terms of yeah. uh, how it how it averages out across Doctor Who since, you know, 2005. So they've been not not amazing, but not the worst. But and then over the next two days where people have been watching on uh, iPlayer or catch up, whatever. That's when the figures really start to come they through. Really and then, yeah, up. yeah, yeah. So for this one, for example, um, uh, the overnight figures on Saturday night was, I think it was four and a half million, and that was the lowest since uh, two thousand and ten. Yeah, I was going to say, it does sound yeah. low, doesn't it? Yeah. However, the over the next two or three nights, um, it w- it would have shot up to, you know, a, a much larger figure. Oh yeah, so, it always goes up by a couple of million at least. Yeah, so it's it's interesting because it's on a bit later, I guess. Mm. Um, people are just maybe recording it and watching it the next day or whatever. 
a lot of people do it. I mean, a Saturday night as well, you know, a lot of people are out on a Saturday night. I was sort of thinking more sort of like the younger sort of generation, you know, like young kids, like you're a dad, you've you got a kid. And I know that, um, you know, perhaps younger audience, I just wonder how they're fitting in with this series. You know, I mean, it's a much darker series and I love it for that. But also being on later as well, I'm, I'm just wondering, is it, hopefully it's not alienating that younger audience. I mean, do, as a parent, do do parents nowadays let their kids stay up a lot later? I, I'm guessing they do, but... Yeah, I mean... <laughs> you know, when I was a kid, I, I, I seem to remember I had to be in bed by nine o'clock, but nowadays, do, do kids stay up later? Does it matter that it's on later? Well, if Doctor Who's on, stay it's, up a bit later. Yeah. It's yeah. warranted, you know, justified letting your kids stay up if Doctor Who's on. <laughs> um, Almost probably makes it feel a bit more special, actually. I mean, I, you know, when... I remember as a kid, like when you are allowed to stay up later to watch something, it does feel quite. Ooh, I've, I've you know been allowed to stay up to half nine tonight. You know, it exactly. Does make, so maybe it actually enhances it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, with my little one, it's um, it's always a case of, you know, typical. You know, it's time for bed. Oh man, I don't want to go to bed. Um, so it's it's very cool that you know he can stay up a little bit later than usual and watch Doctor Who with me. That's kind of you know it's very cool. It's so uh, good that your your son's uh, you know a fan of Doctor Who as well because I, I don't know how I'd handle it. If I had a kid that didn't like Doctor Who, I don't think I'd be able to cope. <laughs> I really, I, I honestly don't. <laughs> no, it's yeah, they have to be. You know, both my boys have to be into to yeah. Doctor Who. It's it's yeah. a it's a must. There's no there's no <laughs> compromise on that. Yeah, there's no compromise. <laughs> it's like yeah, we're gonna sit down and watch Doctor Who. Oh, I'm not really. No, sit down now. It's on. They both like it, do they? Yeah. 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 Oh, good. You yeah, you've brought them up well. Clearly. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. He's not going to like Doctor Who at that age, you know. Ten and seven, it's like prime, you know, prime age to get into it. Definitely. Yeah, it's all good. Did they like the Adams family hand? Did they get that? You know, when the Doctor crawled, you know, crawled with the TARDIS across the train. Because I loved that scene. That was cool. No, they didn't get that reference. They didn't get it. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah. I certainly yeah. did. It was really funny. I thought. And how brilliant was the Doctor's little victory dance when he thought he'd cleared the track <laughs> and then it fell back. Uh, absolutely wonderful little moment and, and uh, just brilliant. And then, of course, we've got Siege Mode TARDIS. I love which that. Which everyone will be buying. Didn't It looked like the Pandorica, though, didn't it? A yeah. lot. Yeah, I think it's, uh, what, from the 11th hour and yeah. the Pandorica opens. Yeah, I think it's, um, yeah, that Siege Mode TARDIS. It does look very much like, it, it's obviously not the Pandorica. No, but it's um, just got that. It's got that, that feel, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. But I, but also, I just love the word siege siege motardis. I just even that just sounds really cool to me. It's great siege motardis, brilliant. I'm so hoping that the BBC released that as a a collectible of some sort. Oh, they are. Have you not seen it? No. Oh, check, have a look on my Facebook. I put a picture of it yesterday. I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like it was almost as soon as the episode ended. Um, it was put on Twitter, oh, so I can't crap. remember the name of the company, and it looks really good as well. Um, I'll send you a link, and then you can put an, another link <laughs> yes. on, up on the Facebook. But yeah, there's a company that have um, already, you know, you know, got the license, and it, it looks cool. I, I'm not sure the price; I can't remember, but it wasn't. I don't think it was horrendous. That's going to go in there. It's got to go, isn't it? Christmas that's is coming. It's going to say that's going on the on the Christmas list. I'm sure. Sure. Fit, I'm sure it can fit down the chimney. Yeah. Siege <laughs> mode. That was Pretty so small. cool, though. Loved it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's very cool. And the um, the the slightly smaller Tardis near the beginning of the episode where he just about yeah. squeezes out of all that was quite cute. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and it, again, it, you know, that 
looked a lot like the sort of toys that you can buy. So I can imagine kids, you know, that have got their own little TARDISes. I absolutely love that. I know I would have done if I was a, a kid and I'd got a TARDIS and saw that. I mean, really cool for that sort of thing. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Not the first time we've seen a, a shrunk, shrunken TARDIS? No. No, Legopolis, one of my, a story I love, actually. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. Is that is that what you were going to say, Legopolis? Because it has it has shrunk a couple of times, but is that the one you were going to say? I was going to say Legopolis, yeah. Which yeah, because that's that's yeah. the one that springs to mind. I mean, I I have to say I'm showing my age a bit here, but that's one of the first. It's one of the very first memories of Doctor Who I've got is that shrinking TARDIS because I I just remember loving it as a kid, and I don't even know how I could remember that young because I wouldn't. I was literally very very young unless I saw a repeat. I don't know. I really clearly remember seeing that as a young kid, that shrinking TARDIS and being like fascinated by it. And the fact the doctor was in it, you know, struggling, you know, cause it was getting smaller and stuff. So hmm. yeah, brilliant little ref sort of throwback reference to it. Yeah. I've got that box set uh, on the shelf. I need to watch it. Well, it's what, it's why it's one of my, it's, it's why it's one of my favorite stories. Cause it's not the best story in the world and it does have its, you know, issues, but it's one that I've always loved. And I think, Possibly more for nostalgia reasons, okay. uh, but uh, but I love it. And there's a great documentary on there as well, showing Tom on the studio floor, and he's ooh, he's he's not the happiest of people. I don't think Tom was in a particularly great place towards you know in, in season eighteen. I, I think he was um, season. Did I say ah oh, another pound in the jar? Pound in the jar. Uh, should we wait, this jar? Should we spend it on beers when we meet up? Yeah, <laughs> or has it got to go to a charity? Uh, <laughs> let's um, let's, let's create a virtual beers. jar. Yeah, somewhere, and we're well, gonna... that's two pounds. That's half a pint. Yeah, and we'll we'll charity it. Yeah, but no, there's sure. a brilliant there's a brilliant bit with Tom on the studio floor where he's being directed to, you know, what to do, and he's quite snappy, and it's, it's a really good documentary actually. Cool, really good, really good making. But yeah, great story. I, I look forward to hearing your thoughts on that one. Yes, when we um. I think what we'll probably do um, uh, is once series uh, eight has finished after the Christmas <laughs> special this year. Uh, nice done. Yeah, we'll really we'll reintroduce the uh, retrospective reviews and we'll go go back and revisit a load of uh, classic Who. Yes, that would be good. I look yep. forward to that. Cool. Because I I um, I have a feeling our, our opinions may differ, judging by Remembrance of the Daleks. Because <laughs> I, I tend to like a lot of the classics that people don't. <laughs> so. oh, okay. That'll be interesting. No, no, That'll Terror be... of the Zygons. Oh, we brilliant. both love that. Yes, yeah. well, it, that, yeah, that's a classic. Classic. One of the, one of the best. Uh, yeah, after, um, I watched Horror of Fang Rock oh, that's two good. days ago. Yeah, did you enjoy that? Oh, it was very cool. Really good atmospheric uh, creature in the dark kind of uh, late reveal as well. Didn't get yeah. to see it until the end. It was quite cool. The route on. Yeah, the root on the uh, snot bubble. It doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I watched um, Talons of Wing Triang two days ago or oh, three days. Yes, ago. you've seen that, haven't you? Oh, I love it. Yeah. Oh, great story. Yeah, I'm going through a bit of a. I went through. I, I was revisiting a lot of um, Pertwee uh, because I hadn't watched a lot for a while. Yeah, and I've been loving that. Um, and I've drifted into a bit of Baker again lately. So yeah, Talons is a. Is a gem, yeah. I think. Actually, someone had a go at me because I put on Facebook, um, you know, watching Talons, and I said I'd forgotten how subdued Tom is in it because Tom's, you know, in every series, he's he's different. Like in you know, in the Key to Time, he's really sort of over the top and lively, and 
But in this story, and I forget which season it's from now, which is bad, but yeah, he's, he's very subdued, and the, the, apparently the recording session was quite fraught, and right. he wasn't really getting on with Louise Jameson. So he's very subdued in it. And someone didn't didn't like that. They said, well, yeah, Tom Baker and subdued do not belong in the same sentence. Oh, like, yeah. yeah, and I agreed with her because I know exactly what she means. They don't belong in the same sentence. But having rewatched it, he, he is very, he's still brilliant in it. But he's, he's not the sort of quirky, you know, he's a million miles away from the Doctor from Robot or Terrence Zygons. It's like a, you know, a different character. But you know, yeah, it's yeah. still brilliant. That's going to be cool then, doing the classic stuff. Yes, I look look forward to that. Yeah. Anyways, back on. Oh, I want to talk about classic. Who now? Right. So back on to um, Flatline. Flatline. Yeah. Before we go any further, I just want to give a shout out to. Um, I'm not sure if this is your your true uh, name, buddy. Uh, thank you for tweeting us. Your your Twitter name anyway is cousins two zero one nine. Yeah. Yeah. And your actual Twitter name is 83 followers. Thanks. He changed. No, I, yeah. Cousins, um, he tweets me quite a lot, actually. He, he changes it every week, I think. It's like, it's, <laughs> right. I think, he, I think he, he does it by the episode title. I might be wrong, but I think last week he was um, Flatline. And then the week before he was Moment of the So I think he changes it. And obviously he's reached the landmark. So congratulations on that, Cousins. Um, so I think that's why. So he'll be something else next week. Cool. So yeah, he might catch you out. So that wasn't a, that wasn't a deep hole thing. Like my name is now eighty three. Well, yeah. could be, could be. <laughs> so anyway, Mister Mister Cousins, twenty nineteen, uh, says that he loved this episode and he thinks this is one of his favourites so far. I yeah, I, I do you know what? I think it's one of mine. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed it. I, it's funny. I keep reorganising them in my head, which are the best and. And stuff, and it's funny because one of the ones I enjoyed the most is not the episode I think is the best. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, yeah. I really enjoyed the caretaker. I thoroughly enjoyed the episode, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't say it's the best episode. If that, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whereas I thought this one, the writing was brilliant and it looked, brilliant, you know, so oh, it's it's up there. It's definitely one of the best I reckon so far. Yeah, it's up there with uh, listen for me. Yeah, listen, listen yeah. was good, and I I liked Kill the Moon on the second viewing. It's funny, I I enjoyed it, Kill the Moon on the first viewing, but but I seemed to enjoy it twice as much the second time around. I really enjoyed Kill the Moon on the second viewing. I so did. That's up, that's up there on on my top as well. I enjoyed it except for the ending. What was the ending? With um, the, the giant oh. thing in the in the moon with the thing. Oh, the egg. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I'd forgotten. I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, it yeah. was a, it was a mm. bit of a. Yeah, it was all right though. The majority of it was quite cool. I think, you know, Mummy and the Orn Express as well is another one I'd put in the top three. Mm-hmm. The only thing that kills that site for me, I think the storyline was fantastic, but it, it felt too static. I was going to say this to you earlier when we were talking about direction, and it's surprising because the director was the same one from Kill the Moon. But Mummy and the Express, I think, was really, really good, but it just felt too, you know, like you were saying about the sets? Yeah. It just was clear that they were just, there was no sense of motion. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like you didn't feel like they were on a train moving through space. If you next time you watch it, all the scenes are filmed really static, um, right. and that slightly killed it for me. And I, I don't like things where they use handheld cameras for the whole thing, you know. Um, but it needed some sort of sense of motion that for me. I read you. Uh, yeah. yeah, but a, but a great episode. Great one. So flatline out of flat ten. Line. Let's 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 go for it. Um, I know hmm. what I'm going to give it. 
Uh, I'm going to give this an eight and a half. Oh, you've thrown me with the half. Yeah, halves well, are allowed. Are they? Yeah. Okay. yeah. All right. Um, well, I've, I've got my little notebook here, and I wrote down, and this is after the second view, and I always like to give two viewings before I think. I wrote down eight and a ten, and, and that's what I'm going to stick with. I think, and a solid eight. It was a solid eight out of ten. Yeah. Why did you give it such a high mark? Because of the writing and stuff, and Capaldi, obviously, and um, I think, yeah, I think I just thought it was a really well written written mm-hmm. story, um, and I just, yeah, I, I just really enjoyed it as well. Um, yeah, it's sort of the enjoyment factor and the way you know the, the way it was produced. Um, yes, yeah, very solid episode. It's funny actually; eight almost feels like because all the reviews I haven't gone over an eight yet. All the episodes I've rated eight or below so far, and yeah, I think this is a really strong series. Series eight. So I'm wondering if I'm actually going too low because, <laughs> like, I rated Into the Dalek a seven, and yet I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really good episode. So maybe I need to go up a little. I don't know if I'm being a little bit too stingy with the marks, but all I'll say is a good solid episode and a very very strong eight out of ten for me. Yeah, I uh, for me it was it was well written. It was a good rounded story. It was creepy and scary. Yeah, which is what I liked, and. Yep. Um, uh, Capaldi and Carmen were just on form as usual for this series, and I really, really liked the Siege Mode TARDIS. Love it, and you'll be buying one as soon as it comes on sale. Yes, <laughs> to go on the shelf. We'll, we'll take it down the pub with us. We'll take. We'll be pl- probably playing football with it by the end of the night. <laughs> we'll take it down the pub. Yeah. <laughs> do Siege you, Mode TARDIS. Yeah, we've forgotten our wallets, but do you accept Siege <laughs> TARDISes? Oh, you've heard about me forgetting my wallet when I go down the pub. Oh God! A bit of t- uh, yeah, extra cash. Yeah, I, yeah. I would. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, then, man. That is gonna wrap for episode fifteen. Wow. Thank you very much for joining us for episode 15. It's been a blast. It has been a blast. Loved it. It's been awesome. Welcome to your first proper co-host duty, buddy. I know. I know. I'm thrilled. I'm actually, I I know I keep saying it, but I'm so pleased to be part of a podcast. (laughs) I love podcasts. So, yeah. Long may it continue. Yes, awesome. I'm really glad to have you here, man. It's cool. Thanks, mate. We'll do a drunken one down the pub once, one year. Yeah. A Christmas special podcast live from the... (laughs) something or other tavern yeah siege mode tavern siege mode tavern yeah i'll speak to the barman i say yeah well don't worry about the mixer and the mics and the laptop it's all you know (laughs) just see you dragging all your equipment down yeah it's great drunken podcast that sounds cool brilliant uh so uh, well let's agree on an eight out of ten for flatline yeah i think so yeah or or maybe i should come up to an no, let's agree on an 8 out of 10. 8 out of 10, that's a good yeah, one. Yeah, it's tempted to go up to 9 because of your half, but no. No, that's good. 8 out of 10 will do. That's good. It was a good one. So remember to get your tickets for the Doctor Who experience. Opens uh, tomorrow. Sorry, it opens on Friday the 24th. You can get your tickets now. Just jump online and do that. Uh, we will possibly see you at either Wales Comic Con or Collector Mania in Milton Keynes or a future mm. convention, whatever. Uh, we'll bump into you guys and have a chat about all things Who. Uh, yes. If you want to find out more about this podcast, just jump over to the website, 
uh, bigbluebox.podcast.co.uk. You can find links to Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff. And if you subscribe on iTunes, please give us a review and a rating. That'd be awesome. Until next time, episode 16, we will see you soon. Bye, buddy. Bye for now. See you next week. Allons-y. Allons-y. Bye, everybody.